time ago, in a garage far, far away. Common sense has to prevail. And one of the reasons I went looking for a bulletin was it's a three and a half year old vehicle with 42,000 miles on it and it's got a compression problem. The force is strong with this one. Put Ron and Anian in the cargo hold. Help you again? Yes. The car doctor. I assume this car will require a special mechanic. Absolutely. Blonde hair, blue eyes, speaks German. To service it, meaning dollars. You got that right. I see your point, sir. Welcome to the radio home of Ron and Anian, the car doctor. Since 1991, this is where car owners the world over turn to for their definitive opinion on automotive repair. If your mechanic's giving you a busy signal, pick up the phone and call in. The garage doors are open. But I am here to take your calls at 855-560-9900. And now... Do or do not. There is no try. Here's Ronnie. With 900 years old, you reach look as good you or not. Hmm? Hello and welcome, Ron and Annie and the Car Doctor, here at the helm of the Starship today as we take the Car Doctor out for a trial spin around the galaxy and see what comes up as we're here to help solve your automotive repair problems and deal with whatever it is you've got going on. I'm Ron and Annie and the Car Doctor. The phone number is 855-560-9900. As always, that phone number is 24-7 and there is a messaging service attached to it which I understand is repaired from last week. No thanks to the guys over at eVoice. We'll take another shot at them. What the heck? And give them a little Death Star nuzzle as we uh, get closer. But um, 855-560-9900 is the phone number that's 24-7. You can call, leave a message. If this radio show is not on the air, leave a message. Fast Harry will call you back and get you here in queue and talk to you about your particular car problem. Then we can... Uh, Help solve it for you on air for everyone else's benefit. The website's cardoctorshow.com. You can also find podcasts of this radio show there, as well as finding affiliates through the links at cardoctorshow.com over at TuneIn, iHeart, and iTunes.com. I want to talk to you a little bit about the wrong way to fix a car, or what I sometimes call the adventures of the wrong path to repair. And I see it a lot in terms of you kind of can smell it. You know when it's coming. You know when somebody's going down the wrong path. You know when they've missed a step or misled, and it's just so obvious, but not to the vehicle owner. 2003, Toyota Camry came into the shop this week at RA Automotive. My problem, or the problem the customer had given us, was I had to diagnose a vibration issue. And it was funny how it was explained. It wasn't. I wasn't told, hey, you know, I've got this vibration under specific terms. It was the conversation started out with, I had brakes done at a major national chain, and I've got a brake pulse. I need brakes. So the conversation at the counter ensued, and it became, well, tell me about the brake shake, or tell me about the shake. Well, I'm driving down the road, and if I use the brakes, sometimes there's a shake, sometimes there's not. Okay. And any particular speed? No. No real particular speed. It just seems to happen all the time. Now, I took this car for a ride when I got it in, and I knew right off the bat we were going down the wrong path because there was a missing piece to the puzzle. There was an element here that just didn't make any sense because around town I had no shake whatsoever, and the brake pedal, although feeling a tad mushy, I thought I could make a better brake pedal out of the car, that... 
the really car didn't really have any kind of shake or vibration going on. And then I decided to go out to the highway. Any good road test has to include the in total range of speeds, obviously. 35, 40 around town, no problem. 62 miles an hour, Route 17 South, right through Bergen County. From 62 to 82, this car shook worse than a hula dancer trying to make the grass skirt fall off. This car was horrible. Steering wheel was dancing. The front end was shaking. The seat of your pants were shaking. It was bad. And I hadn't even touched the brake yet. So back to the shop. And I sat there and I said, well, let's see. What do I know so far? Because diagnosis, regardless of how you're doing it, is still a step-by-step process. There's no magic bullet. There's no, bam, put your head up against the toolbox and you will be healed kind of a thing. You still got to go through the process. Road tested it, experienced it, duplicated, saw it. Time to do a visual. Went through the front suspension, steering, looking for parts that are loose, worn, something bad falling off. No, everything was good. Decided... Let's do a rotate. Well, actually, I started decided to do a rotate, but the problem was both front tires were worn to within a 30-second of minimum. One was at 232nd, one was at 332nd. The outer edges were, were, were bald and smooth. It needed tires up front. Talked to the customer, showed them the depth measurement. They had stopped back. We went over this. Yeah, you know what? We've got to put two tires on this car. That's where we're going to start. Did the two tires, and in the process, what was the left front tire balanced, but you could see the inside lip of the rim had a little wobble in it, you know, and it kind of bounced. It it was bent. Now we're going to put that tire to the back. In the end, I put two new tires on the car on the back, moving the bent rim furthest away from the driver's seat to the right rear put two tires up front from the rear of the vehicle, balance them properly. All four, I've got to think all four wheels were out of balance. The backs were definitely out of balance. And the front's tires being as bold as they were had to be out of balance. And with four good tires, properly balanced, even with the bent rim, that car rode 90% better. The point of this opening and the point of this repair is There has to be a quality of repair, and there also has to be a diagnosis such that you don't just consider, well, I had brakes done. Because here's here's the funny part. When I sat and talked to the customer afterwards, post-diagnosis, post-repair, the brakes were done two years ago. And yet, in his mind, the shake was from the brakes. And it was that that supposition, it was that predetermination that, oh, it must be related to the brakes that were done elsewhere because I didn't have the problem before the brakes but yet he couldn't tell me how long after the brakes were done did that problem show up the point becomes whatever you're diagnosing whatever your mechanic is chasing or whatever you as the mechanic are chasing step by step I always think of that that three stooges skit right slowly we turn step by step inch by inch, because very few diagnoses on a regular, everyday occurrence are quick. They're not meant to be quick. A diagnosis is meant to be accurate. And had I just jumped right in and started doing brakes without the road test, without the time spent, I would have been trying to repair what I thought was a 
semi-mushy brake pedal, but definitely livable and not gotten to the crux of the matter. Here's the golden rule. You can repair anything you want on a car, anything it legitimately needs, but you always have to fix the customer's first complaint. Without that, you're dead in the water. Hello and welcome. Ron and Annie and the Car Doctor here at 855-560-9900. Here to take your calls and answer your questions. We've got an interview-free hour this hour of the Car Doctor. Matter of fact, I think both hours are interview-free this week. We're going to be giving away a little giveaway this hour. I think we'll do it this hour. We'll leave it up to Fast Harry. Somewhere in the next two hours, if you're listening, we're going to be giving away a Denso winter tune-up kit, courtesy of the folks over at Denso Parts, DensoTT.com specifically. It's going to consist of a set of Denso spark plugs, a set of wiper blades, and an air filter. We're trying to get you a ride in shape for winter, so we're going to be giving that away uh, this hour. Uh, This hour next, we'll talk to Harry at the break and see what he wants to do. He's always a good judge. But I am here to take your calls at 855-560-9900. The car doctor is going to return right after this to kick open the garage doors. Stay tuned. Ron and Indian here at 855-560-9900. Let's kick the car doctor garage doors open and see who's on the phone. Harry, I should say. Fast Harry. That's right. You're looking schvelte this week. I am. 18 pounds, three weeks. Uh, You know, America wants to know. We're actually getting fan mail. I can't believe the goiter has a fan base. Not going to be a goiter for long, I can Uh, tell you that. And and then who are we going to get to do this job? I don't know. So, Tony, look at him. He looks schvelte this week, doesn't he? Yes, he does. Yeah, he's um, he's working out at the gym now every week. So, what's well, good? Hey, listen, and you know what? The backside of the story that we don't really talk about is Harry had a heart attack four years ago. Open heart surgery. Open six, heart surgery. Six bypass. Yeah, so he's uh, he's coming back strong. So, um, and the goiter's in love. Do you want to say hello to your girlfriend? Is that what you want to do? Because she's out there listening today. Hello, dear. I yeah. love you with all my heart. <sighs> okay. Now, can I go fix cars? Absolutely. Who Let's do you have? Go. Who do you have for me on the phone? Uh, Ron, on line one, we have Mike in Lansing, Michigan. He has an 06 Silverado, and he has a question about adding dual exhaust after the catalytic converter. All right, let's go take it. Let's kick the garage doors open. Mike, you're on with the car doctor, sir. How can I help? Well, um, yeah, like I said, um, I have a single exhaust on my 2006 Chevy Silverado Z71 four-wheel drive. And I'd like to know, would adding a dual exhaust from the catalytic converter back, will that make a difference in performance or is that just for looks and sound i think it's a look and a sound thing mike not after the cat unless you truly open it up and made it duels all the way back both banks but you know you've always got you've got to realize that whatever you do to the exhaust you've also got to modify the intake there's there's a term in, in 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 performance when we start to look at you know is this going to make a difference is this going to make it better and we start to think of volumetric efficiency. Are you familiar with the term? No. Volumetric efficiency is how well can the engine fill the cylinder 
and utilize everything that's coming in and scavenge it out in the most efficient manner. And that's the simplest, easiest to understand explanation I can give. So you can make the exhaust flow as easy as it possibly could be, right to its engineering limit. But if it can't pull in more and compensate and gain some advantage, you know, it's you've got to look at both sides of the engine. An engine is a big air pump, okay. and it becomes a case that if you do something to the exhaust, do something to the intake. So perhaps it would be an air intake system like a K&N on the one side, and then take a look at, and see, maybe we would get some sort of benefit out of opening up the cat exhaust on the outlet on a single, but definitely on a dual. The issue there becomes that this is a truck, and that's a pretty big pipe to begin with. If memory serves me correct, that's probably a two-and-a-half or three-inch pipe uh, coming out of the cat by itself, and that's, that's, that's a pretty good amount of flow. So, you know, you're, you're, you're asking to do something that, I don't know you'd see that much of a benefit if it's worth the expense. If you want the sound and the look, then, yeah, go do it. You, you get out to YouTube much, Mike? Sometimes. Okay. Go out to YouTube and search either volumetric efficiency, TST, technician service training, with a gentleman by the name of Jerry Trulia, T-R-U-G-L-I-A, or okay. ATS, Bernie Thompson. Both of those gentlemen are extremely smart in this area, in a lot of areas, but this is one of the areas they really can relate to. And they explain volumetric efficiency. Bernie um, actually manufactures a scan tool and and scope system for engine diagnosis. We're using it in the shop. Uh, We've been using the scan tool for some years, and now we're learning Bernie's scope in that Bernie talks about volumetric efficiency in his scan tool, and he's, he's the only scan tool manufacturer or designer that I know of that actually will map out the air-fuel mixture and show you volumetric efficiency across the RPM range as it's affected. So you can determine, is the engine drawing in enough? Is it getting rid of enough? And and so forth. He treats the engine as an air pump, and that's the proper way to teach it. But he has some great videos out there as well as Jerry Trulia, and you can benefit a great deal and get a, a rudimentary understanding of it after a little bit of time watching those videos out on YouTube. All right, sir? All right, take a look at All that. Right, thank and, you very uh, much. You're very welcome, and uh, good luck to you. Yeah, you, you always got to remember, what we do to one side of an engine, we've got to do to the other. And an engine, in reality, is just a big air pump, and without looking at it like that, well, you know, it, 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 there's no benefit. To that point, let's do a quick email. Hey, Ron, my name is Emery. A friend of mine introduced me to your show, and now I listen whenever I can. Usually it's when I'm driving. I'd have, I'd have a couple of things I'd like your input on. First... I picked up a 1940 Cadillac Series 72 sedan limo for a good deal last year. It needs a complete restore from the chassis up. I was thinking it would be a good hot rod build if I put a more modern drivetrain in it. Yeah, I could see that. It's no fun. A 1940 drivetrain, just finding the parts has got to be a bear. Um, I would like something a little more modern, and you could do an awful lot with uh, you know computerized fuel injection and so forth. However, I've been told that there is some rarity to this car, and I'm wondering if it would be more wise to do a stock restoration. Probably not, simply because stock restorations today, the, the, the collector car market is crashing from what I see uh, on pricing, and you will spend way more money on that car than you can ever recoup if you want to do a stock restoration to sell it. I do not believe the engine numbers match, then you're done. Then there's no point in keeping the car original. And though, So maybe that doesn't matter anymore. Yes, that's true. Second, I was able to pick up a diagnostic tool from our mutual friends at O'Reilly's. 
It's a Bosch OBD1050. I haven't had an occasion to download the app yet. Therefore, I haven't been able to check it out. I've also been having some buyer's remorse because it was kind of a spur of the moment on the sale kind of purchase. I haven't been able to find any product reviews to settle my conscience. Do you have any experience with the Bosch diagnostic tools? Do you think I wasted my money? Let me address it here because there's another paragraph after this. You know what? You've got to try it. You've got to download the app or you've got to look at videos. You've got to look to see how does this tool work. Bosch makes a great line of diagnostic tools, no doubt about it. Uh, you know, the Bosch name in the automotive industry is huge. They've been around forever. They've been around since the late 1800s. Uh, you know, the question becomes, it's not whether or not that scan tool is a good tool, and I'm sure it is, but can you follow it along? One of the hardest things to do, I think, as a human being, is to learn a tool that somehow, you know, it's just it just doesn't fit you. It's, it's kind of like when mom said eat eggplant and the first thought you had was egg dirt. Nope, can't do that, right? And then as you got older as an adult, you found out eggplant tasted pretty good, a little mozzarella, a little tomato sauce. All of a sudden, this was an okay thing. So learning something new kind of becomes a problem. Before you condemn whether or not you did the right thing, I would take a look at it. And just remember, there's no rule that says you can only have one diagnostic scan tool. I've got 19. Also, I put a Spectre cold air intake on my 2006 Ram 1500. I like the performance I get out of it, but I was wondering if K&N filters are better or comparable or if I should be looking to upgrade the whole system next time I need to change the filter. Thanks for your time and knowledge. Your show has inspired me to get with my truck's maintenance better and be more, pro- be more proactive with repairs. I recently tried out Pennzoil Platinum Plus and saw my miles per gallon increase. Have a great day, Emery. Um, I'll tell you what, Emery. Uh, the, the Spectre or the K&N, both good products. And it's a matter of I, the way I understand it and the way I've always read it. The Spectre has, you know, maybe a little bit of a different twist. It's a little more carbon fiber. It's a slightly different look. But both of them provide a performance increase. I think before I could say one's better than the other in terms of performance, the easiest way would be, get, be to get out to knfilters.com and look at their website, and they will tell you, hey, this gives you this much and then go talk to Spectre and see what their answers are. But both are a good quality product. Thanks for the information, Emery. I hope that answers it for you. And when you get this hot rod rolling and you get some pictures coming along, by all means, send them uh, send them to us. We'll post them up on the Car Doctor Facebook page. I'm Ron Anany in the Car Doctor. 855-560-9900 is the phone number. Cardoctorshow.com is the website. I'll be back right after this. from the car doctor to old blue eyes his 100th birthday today and uh, we want to take a moment here and wish old blue eyes happy birthday and um frank you'll never be replaced you were one and original and um we're just uh, happy to play your music here i'm ron and in the car doctor here at 855-560-9900 let's get over and talk to lauren in iowa 98 toyota camry and some problems with brakes lauren welcome to the car doctor yeah good morning uh, good afternoon yes Robert. sir good to talk to you yes sir what's going yeah. on 
love love your show and uh, just want to give you a few compliments. I, I love your delivery style, your sense of humor, and and your willingness to share your knowledge with all of us guys out here. I, I didn't know I had relatives in Iowa. Look at this. Um, how do you how do you like that? So, would you guys pay well, this guy? Uh, <laughs> only problem we got is you're not close enough for me to go to, so I can well, talk to you on the radio. I understand that, but this is the second best thing. How can I help you today? Wait, 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 wait. Well, I've you... got a uh, ninety eight Camry that we've had for uh, probably about six seven years, and it's been the kids' school cars. And this summer, why we've uh, had some uh, brake issues, uh, daughter said, hey, Dad, the brakes are kind of making some noise, so I took her for a spin, yeah, and it was grinding, and, you know, I hadn't paid close enough attention, so I took her down to the local mechanic, and uh, he put all new brakes on, and one new caliper and hose, and and uh, I figured we're good to go, but uh drove it home, and by the time I got home, I think it was kind of my brake began, and and uh, one wheel was hot again, and it was like, whoa, what's going on here? So I took it to the next dealer or the next uh, local shop, and and he replaced uh, the other caliper and uh, hose. And, and I had a little bit of trouble, but uh, anyway, kid drove to school for several months here, and I drove it to church here the other day, and uh Went home, I think it started vibrating again and kind of dragging down a little bit. So I said, well, what's going on here? And the brakes got really, really touchy. Okay, so, so basically the, the brakes are dragging. Let me ask you this. Did you go back to the first mechanic that did the brakes initially? Uh, no, I didn't. How come? I'm just curious. <laughs> well, I thought he must have not done a been the most competent at doing his job so i decided that's why i go to the next guy i figured he might be a little more competent what he's doing let me hit you let me hit you let me hit you with this idea and i get it i get it let me hit you with this idea what if one of the parts he used was defective and that was causing the whole problem so it's beyond his control well that absolutely could be the issue um you know auto, auto repair is the only business the only business where you have to be right 10 out of 10 times. Yeah, that's true. And in a country where we spend um, pay baseball players a, min- a million dollars a year to hit a little white ball 3 out of 10 times, or mm-hmm. whatever the number is, that means baseball players are wrong 70% of the time, yet we still go endorse them and go see them. Yet we don't do that with yeah. a mechanic. So I-, I say this with love. Just take a look at that and, and, and think about it from that perspective. Now, if you go back and the guy's a jerk, then he's out. <laughs> All yeah, right. I he's, he's, a, he's a nice guy. And, and actually, I just took my other vehicle to him the other uh, last week to work on. So I have really no problem with right. him or whatever. So I just, just to say, where I would go with this is if you can duplicate this problem, if you're driving along and the brakes are getting tight and hot and smoking, the first mm-hmm. question I've got, all right, assuming, dangerous word on family radio, assuming yeah. the new parts are good, and you know what new means, never, ever worked, all right, yeah. is sure. if, if which wheel is the one that's dragging, left front or right front? Well, I'm not exactly sure. I think it might be the right front, but uh, which, it's out in the case right now, and so they, they took it for a test spin, and they can recreate the issue, and they replace the hose. But it didn't fix the issue. Okay, which side did they replace the hose on originally? 
I think the, the very first one was the left front, and then the, the shot where that now did the right front, and I think they replaced that again. Too, okay. I'm not positive on that. So at this point, it's had two new hoses up front, and it's still locking the right front wheel. Well, one or the other. I'm not exactly okay, sure. Okay, one or the but other. Is it locking? What, what they wanted to do is their next step was putting on a master cylinder, and I said, well, what do you think? Of, you know, is that going to fix it? Well, he doesn't know. Well, before before we go that far, are we sure that it's only one wheel that's getting locked up? Well, I don't think it is. I think it sounds like most fronts are kind of getting tight on it. Okay, so, so if both fronts yeah. are getting tight, what I'd like to do is trace the line back to the master mm-hmm. and crack that line at the master loose. If cracking that well, line at, if cracking that line at the master loose gives you a little of fluid and it releases pressure, okay. mm-hmm. then I want you to duplicate the problem again and mm-hmm. try it opening the opposite line at the master. In other words, is there any residual pressure in the rears that's building but it doesn't apply the rear brakes because we haven't overcome the uh, the proportioning valve in the circuit yet. I wonder if the master okay. is starting to drag. Yeah, because I knew, you know, he did say he'd crack the lines loose. Now, where exactly? I don't right. know. He said it would release it. Right. Uh, but but there is, so a, there is a step-by-step process you can go through thinking about mm-hmm. how the circuit works, and every car is a little different. You know, it's is it, it, it sometimes it's left front, right rear as it's split, and then sometimes it's front to back. Every car changes, and you have to sit there and look at it. But my point is, by opening bleeders or cracking lines, you can determine where the source of the pressure is coming from. Listen, okay. I would I would crack the left front caliper. Does that release pressure? If that releases pressure on both sides, then I'd go do the same thing to the other side. If it doesn't do it there, but it does it this way, then maybe I've got a problem with one of the hoses, or maybe I've got a rubber hose somewhere else in the system that I'm not accounting for, depending upon how mm-hmm. the system is split. Mm-hmm. Did you have the, did, did you have the problem prior to the brake work being done in the first place? Oh uh, yes, we did. Yeah, yeah so we did. it was locking. I mean, was... It was locking the front brakes prior to the brakes failing. Back in yeah. the first guy. Yes. Yeah. Then we've yeah, got to, it was. Then we've got to okay. Then we've got to diagnose this like what he did had no bearing on it, and mm-hmm. what's going on here is the result of something else failing. The other thing to keep in mind: this could also be a bad brake booster. Mm-hmm. All right, do we have a brake booster was, problem? Applying the uh, master, causing the brakes to drag. Uh huh. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. It kind of goes back to something way beyond, way beyond. The reason the brakes went bad in the first place right. was because we were having too much drag on them. Right. We've got to we've so. got to sit down and sort this out, Lauren. I'll tell you what. Stay on the line. I'm gonna let Fast Harry sure. get your information. Give him your vehicle if you have it. The VIN. If you could email it to us, but give him your make, model, and address. We're gonna send out the Denso winter tune-up kit to y'all. Um, we're gonna send you out a set oh, of yeah. Denso iridium TT spark plugs, an air filter, and some wiper blades. So when you get the brakes on this car straightened out, it'll uh, help the kids get back and forth to school and college and <laughs> get you around this winter out there in Iowa and do what it's got to do. So stay on the line. Fast Harry's gonna take your information and uh, we'll get that Denso iridium TT. Uh, kit coming out your way, and there's more information for everybody else out at Denso Iridium, uh, Denso 
TT, I'm sorry, at DensoTT.com. Yeah, Tom, you got something to jump in here yeah, with? Well, yeah, Tony and I are sitting here discussing. At the beginning of the call, they were saying you probably have relatives out there, and we're just sitting here amazed they actually call in the show and they're civil to you. Yeah, well, because they, they don't know me that well. There you uh, go. There you go. I knew that. So uh, thanks. Tom's always got to get into the act. It makes him feel good. But I'd be lost without him. I love Tom. So, And by the way, I should give Tom a big tip of the hat because that opening this week, uh, that Star Wars opening was a masterpiece. We're going to post that up on the Car Doctor Facebook page. Anyway, 855-560-9900. Ron and Annie and the Car Doctor. We are back right after this. in the car doctor i'll tell you what's such a pain to me is all this christmas music but it's that time of year merry christmas ron and annie in the car doctor here 855-560-9900 you know you forget you forget that it's christmas and then all of a sudden it's this music and you're like wait a minute wasn't it july just yesterday uh you know and and here's the prediction all right it'll be three months it's going to be april and march and we're going to go boing um you know and you swear outside right now it's it's late fall. It's not winter. Well, I'll tell you what. It's, Boy, I tell you. And it's no secret this show is live Saturday afternoons, 2 to 4 p.m. We're going to be taped delayed around the rest of the country. Other affiliates, uh, you know, that take it on delayed broadcast. If it's nice here in the Northeast tomorrow, they're saying it's going to be 68 degrees here in the Northeast tomorrow. Hot Rod's coming out. I, you know, December the 13th, I'm going to take the Hot Rod out for a cruise. We haven't had snow yet. There's no salt on the ground. I'll uh, go take one more one last ride before the winter. So why not? Let's get over to line one. Let's go over and talk to Patrick Augusta, man. I'm sorry. And uh, see what's going on here. 99 Camry. Patrick, welcome to the car, doctor. How can I help? Hey, well, welcome there. Thank you, sir. Uh, well, uh, like as I, uh, I told your, uh, your uh, I guess, screener before, uh, I had a trouble with a, uh, a 99 Camry. And what it is is the uh, uh, the air vents on the side, blow either cooler or hot air, whichever I have it on air conditioner or the heater there. But my middle vents and the console, right. they hardly blow out anything. And it started around September, but I kind of just ignored it until until now anyway. And I figured I'd give you a call, see what it could possibly be, and if there's an easy fix for it. Yeah, probably what's going on here is there's a piece under the center of the dash called the air vent mode control servo motor. Mm-hmm. Say that three times fast. That's a mouthful. All right. I'm not going to. <laughs> air vent mode control servo motor. All right. Air, air vent mode control servo motor. All right. Okay. It, it, it is a seven wire control piece that opens and closes the center vents. It's very common to fail. All right. Uh-huh. Now, one of the things that it fails electrically. It fails mechanically. It can, you know, this is like it gives you a little bit of aggravation from either side of the table. So one of the first things you want to make sure is that the mode door itself 
isn't mechanically stuck because what we've seen is you'll take that servo motor down to get to the door, you'll find the door stuck, unstick the door, put it back together, and then find out the servo motor went bad trying to unjam the jammed door. (laughs) All right? So, you know, and and there is a series of tests. Um, Are you handy with a voltmeter, Patrick? Uh, well, I'm uh, I'm a traveler, so I don't have none of my tools in there. They're all stuck down in Georgia. <laughs> uh oh. All right. Well, if you're so inclined to maybe you know stop out at a Radio Shack and 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 grab yourself a cheap voltmeter, if you get curious, you want to make mm-hmm. sure at the air vent control servo motor, which, like I said, is probably easiest to access. If memory serves me correct, driver's side up. It's kind of in a bad spot. But you'll mm-hmm. see there is a seven wire. It'd be the blue black wire. You want to make sure you've got battery voltage on the blue black. Mm-hmm. All right, key on, engine running, key on, engine off. You want to make sure you've got ground on the white black. Those are the two. Those are the those are the you know power and ground side. And then the rest mm-hmm. of the wires are just inputs from the control head. Mm-hmm. Now sometimes if you've got a mechanic stethoscope, you can sit there and you know with a stethoscope hit the buttons. Do you hear anything going on? At the, oh, like, 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 oh, yeah, like clicking loop. or noise right, right. or, you know, because sometimes right. it'll ratchet softly and it'll mm-hmm. actually be a problem with the with the door being stuck holding it. Right. And sometimes you get lucky. Sometimes it's just the door stuck. You unstick the door and everything else works. So, but that would be that would be the first place I go. Now, you may be able uh, to pull the servo down and mm-hmm. just put the door in the one position and then put the servo back up and leave it like that if you didn't want to fix it. And you could also, right. you know, just kind of wedge it in one spot. So um, mm-hmm. just, just, just a couple of options for you. But I would bet on the air vent mode control servo motor. All right, mm-hmm. sir. All right. Well, thank you very much. You're very welcome. You have a good rest of the day. I'm Ron Anany and the Car Doctor. We are back right after right. this. Mm-hmm. Bye bye. Welcome back. We're on the Indian the Car Doctor. Let's get right over to the phones and talk to Nick Fargo, North Dakota. How can I help you, Nick? Hi. Um, so I have a, an 09 Mazda 3, like I told you. Um, right. And I have a brake shimmy. Uh, I've had this problem before in the front, um, and, and turning the rotors fixed it. And since then, uh, I've changed the rear rotors. Originally, just front rotors and pads. Now I have new rear rotors. Um and, you know, after about a few thousand miles, I now have a pretty severe shimmy when I hit the brakes. It goes through the chassis, through the wheel. Um, but if you, you know, if you press the brake a little harder, uh, it goes away. Right. So it's just kind of in that. It's uh, in that, it's in that sweet know, spot. Uh, yeah. Um, exactly. If um, you, if you, if you, when you get this shake, does the steering wheel, does the horizontal bar of the steering wheel shimmy up and down or is it more in the seat of your pants? Um, no, it's it's more like uh, kind of steering left to right. Does that make sense? Yeah, so the, the steering wheels. The steering like wheels. The front the, wheels are wiggling. Right, the steering wheels shattering. Yeah. If if you were a fighter pilot, it would be like the plane was rocking violently back and forth, left, right, left, right, yeah. left, right. Yeah. Um, and and I'm wondering, you know, if if it might be a an alignment thing, or if it's more likely the brakes. Um, no, I think it's more likely a rotor. Here's here's how I'd approach yeah. it. Okay. 
you know, the first thing I would do if you have access to it, it would be nice to use a dial indicator to measure the runout or how true those rotors are. Let me start well, here. Actually, well, let me start here, Nick, because the clock's going to take me. Machining rotors never seems to work simply because you're taking what, in my opinion, and the specs I've seen in the last 15 years is already a thin piece of metal, making it thinner. But just replacing the rotor or machining the rotor isn't necessarily the fix either. You don't know. The reason rotors warp is because the area where the wheel comes in contact with the face of the rotor, that clamp area or clamp load, if it's clamping against the hub and that hub, that flat piece that the rotor sits against, has rust or any sort of bend to it or any sort of twist, it eventually twists that rotor like a piece of wood would twist in a twisted mold and takes that shape and starts to pulse. Bottom line, I'd indicate the rotors, I'd start with the fronts, I'd replace them, I'd clean all the rust off the hubs and the flanges, I'd go for a road test, if the problem's gone, you're done. If it's not, I'd repeat the same thing at the back. Just because you put new on doesn't mean it's good. And keep in mind, lube all the caliper slides and pads. I'm Ron Annie in the car, Doctor. The mechanics aren't expensive, they're priceless. (laughs) 